0: Our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Sivan, Baruch Mary, and Rina Dubin, for dedicating all the Shem and Joshos this month in the Shoshava Shalema for their niece, Chavati Parabas Chayim Malka, to thank Shmuli and Libadinovitz for dedicating the Shiurim in the Schosev of and Aliyah for the neshama of Shmuli's father, of Paritz Avram, Ben Rab, and Yamin Moshe, to thank our week of learning sponsors, Ira and Miriam Grossman, in honor of their 50th wedding anniversary. And to thank our Dafyomi Shure sponsors for today, Baruch Fischel and Sonia Kozlovsky and family, for dedicating the Shure information of the Yard site of Mr. Leon Kozlovsky, Aryeh Ben Baruch. Mr. Kozlowski has a special schuss and a special place in this year, as he was one of the founders of our Shules Dafyomi. Program together with a number of holy and precious Jews. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, his Nesham will have an Aliyah and his family in a Chama. Abosu, with that, let us begin. We have a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. Today's death is Kuv Tes 109, and we are picking up Emirates Hashem at Kuv Ches Ahmad 108b. Specifically, we are picking up, we are picking up at Ula Amar, so it is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20. Okay, a lot. 21 lines up from the bottom. Ula Amar. So remember, again, we're trying to figure out in yesterday's that the interesting discussion about whether or not, here's what we've established based on the Mishnah, very quickly. Based on the Mishnah, we established the concept that Halacha ma'isa once Miyun, it if a marriage ends by miyun, then ultimately again there is an ability to resume that marriage later on. If marriage ends by a get, then by definition the isra of machzir grushasov, going ahead and remarrying one's divorcee, will once again set in. Of course, all of this is despite the fact that we're talking about all rabbinic marriages. So Ula Amar Ula explained the distinction as saying beginning We're talking about a girl, a minor, who got divorced multiple times through De Demech kigdola. That at that point in time again she has the appearance of being an adult, given the fact that she's been divorced so many times. To which the gemara says, Mantana, I'm a Rav. So let's listen to this. this so is the name of Rav. What's the meaning of the posik? Memenu shas be shasinu, it's this is incredible. The posic that the gemara is quoting over here from, from, from Eicha, that literally again we drank our water, so what it means is it cost us money, right, drinking water cost money, we're only able to bring our wood with money, what does this refer to? I will say what it means is the water over here is a metaphor to Torah, so what it means is there were times where obtaining Torah was expensive, so what is this a reference to? This is actually the second time in a week that we've referenced this episode of Rabbi Akiva being incarcerated. So what does this mean? In a time of danger, then it was referring to the time where Rabbi Akiva was incarcerated by the Romans, and it was illegal to learn Torah. So at a time of Sakana, they asked this halacha, if let's say again Rachel left Ruvain with a get but ultimately left Shimon with Meun, does she have the ability to go back and remarry Ruvain? So they hired a guy for 400 Zuz, an incredible amount of money. Why didn't Rabbi Akiva in jail? Why do they have to hire a guy for 400 Zuz to ask Rabbi Akiva the Shaila in jail? Because remember, going to ask Rabbi Akiva, Shaila was Sakana. It was dangerous. He was incarcerated for teaching Torah. So now you're sending someone to ask him a shayla in prison. Obviously, sakana V'assar. And ultimately, again, Rabbi Akiva went ahead and he answered it. He answered it. He said that, such a practice would have been us. In other words, that once she leaves hus- whichever husband she leaves by a get, right? Ultimately again, after she goes and marries someone else, she can't go back to that husband. Any husband she leaves with Mion, she can not go back. Similarly again, Huda in and he also forbade this practice. I'm Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yossi, Lo L'Zu Rabbi Yossi says, "The truth is, we don't, we don't need that. We don't need a psak halacha for this particular scenario." I, why not? So the Gemara says, very simply, Isr Le Isr Lav Because halacha, the if when it comes to an Isr karis when it comes to an Isr karis Rashi says over here, "Isr Aishes Ish Hivkata Mimenah Bal get Ama in If you're letting her remarry, if you're letting her remarry, ultimately again without a get, i.e., again, talking about miyon. right? So if you're letting her remarry someone else without any semblance of a get, so this must have been the question they asked Rabbi Akiva in jail. If he had a case of a woman who was married to her mother's brother, which is a case of a shnia. Remember, Avev Umes, And then she married the brother from the father's brother, and he died. Ultimately, again, does she have the ability to do me now? go ahead and retroactively unravel her marriage, and do yibum, yesh miun la'ach ha'misa, b'maqom mitzvah, although, we'll say it was a different side, that's Rabbi Akiva, can you do miun b'maqom mitzvah or not? I should say differently, can you do miun after the death of the husband, b'maqom mitzvah, Sachru shne b'nei adam, ba'arba they hired two guys, for 400 z'uz, u'ba'vusholos Rabbi Akiva, b'sasrun v'osr, that's Rabbi Akiva in jail, Rabbi Akiva said, it's osr, as Rabbi Yehuda ben Biser ben Itzivin va'aser. Rabbi Yehuda ben Itzivin and the asser. Amr Rabbi Yitzchak bar Yishan. Modeh Rav Shemuteres alav. But Rabbi Yitzchak bar said about Rav agrees that halacha she is permitted to the brother of the man to whom she is prohibited to marry. In other words, the prohibition to remarry any of these men at Moses ad Rabbanan, and therefore his brother, so to speak, will be mutter. So pshita, that's obvious. Going back to yesterday's daf, it's only the first husband who we are concerned that Halacha Lamaisa could go ahead and try to lure her back, woo her back into marriage. But his brother is not the case. What would you have thought? are high, atu high. Perhaps you should be gozer on the brother, lest you come to marry the the actual man we're concerned about. No, the Gadam the same way that she is ushered to him, so too she is ushered to his brothers. Aye, but she's not. But there's no concern of being lured back. Ultimately, is about her brothers, lest she come to go ahead and marry him. Good. we will say. Bottom line. What do we take from this particular soya yeah, Here's the bottom line takeaway. I will say the in Perak Yud Aleph Halacha Tezayin says as well. I will say here is the halacha component. That's the line. If a, when a girl does meun that's not gerushin, right? We'll say, and I will say meun and a get are not the same thing. When a woman does meun she is not a migurashas, and therefore the dina in bila shemer nabo, kedina emishel kidshami olam. And I will say this is incredible. Her relationship to the listen to this. Rachel's, right? Rachel is married to Ruvain, Kiddushed Rabbanon, her brother married her off, mother married her off. Now Rachel does, Rachel does Mi'un. What's Rachel's relationship to Ruvain after Mi'un? The Ramam says her relationship to Ruvain is her relation, same relationship, as any other man in this world. There is no vestige of a marriage in the aftermath of Mi'un. She can marry his relatives, he can marry her relatives, and not only that, She is not forbidden to marry a Kohen. Isn't that the most incredible thing? After miun, she is not prohibited from marrying into the kahuna, and therefore, again, the Rambam says. And therefore, halacha if she does miun with Ruvain, marries Shimon, and then either gets divorced or Shimon dies, what's the halacha? She can go back and marry Ruvain. It's not called machziy So say we see now that halacha la Allochalama, Mion is not the equivalent of Gerishin. After Mion, Mion Rabosa doesn't just see. And now we see that look, we made this distinction yesterday. Here lies the fundamental distinction between a get and mion. See, a get severs a marriage, but even once you sever a marriage, there is still what? There's there's a vestige of marriage. There's still some vestige of that relationship. She's a Grusha, she can't marry a Cohen, she's forbidden to remarry him once she marries another man. Mion doesn't sever. What does Mion do? Remember from yesterday, what does Mion do? Miun erases. Mion erases. So once miun is done, ultimately, again, full erasure of previous relationship. Incredible. Mishnah. So we'll say, interesting case. A man divorces his wife. And then he remarries her. Muteras Liavam. She is permitted to do Yibam. Now we'll say, what's the case over here? Regular, regular, first case is regular marriage. Ruvain marries Rachel. She's an adult. He's an adult. Ultimately, again, they get divorced, they get divorced, and then he remarries her. So I said, now what happens after he remarries her? He dies without children. So what's Tadacha? Rachel does Yibo. I both said, what's the novelty in this? The novelty is you might have thought that since there was a point in time where Rachel was not permitted to marry Shimon, when wasn't Rachel permitted to marry Shimon? See, so the said, in that moment where they got divorced, in that moment where they got divorced, Rachel was not permitted to marry her ex-husband's brother. He's an erva. He's an erva. You might have thought that since there was a period of time where he was, again, a defiant erva because she was a grusha, that even once they get remarried, yibum is prohibited. Kamashmalon not so. Kamashmalon, that once they get remarried, again, the, per- the permission for yibum once again sets in. So the Yimad was top of kuftes vrebi oser. Rabbi Elizabeth says it's Asr. We'll see why. The Chayla should say so, and I will say now back to our case that we've been dealing with. So, to if one divorces a Yisoma, and I will say Yisoma in this context means what? A girl who doesn't have a father and who has been married off by who? Her mother or her brother. So, this is a Kitana. This, right, this, this is a minor. So, a girl has been married off by her mother, but she's called, she's called the Yisoma because the only way this case could happen is if she doesn't have a father. So, we we'll say, listen to this. So, a man goes ahead and is married to Rachel. Rachel is a minor who was married off by her mother, we'll call it. And what happened? And what happened? The Gemara says, right, and he divorces her. Ruven divorces her. And then, he, so we'll say, divorces her with what? Divorces her with a get, right? That, that's the case here. Divorces her with a get, right? Vech and then remarries her. Mutaris the Yavam. Once again, she's permitted to marry the Yavam. So now the, that keeps over here is Rubain's married to Rachel, Kedushay Rabanon, divorces her, remarries her, and now he dies without children. So now she, fall, she falls before Shimon for Yibum. Saalachalamaisa, so she is mutter, to go ahead and do Yibum. Rebbe Elozer Oser. Rabbi Lazar says it's Oser. Again, Rebose, we'll see what Rebbe, we'll see what the Machlokah says in the Gemara. Rebose, listen to this. What about a Ketana who is married off by her father? say remember again, what happens when a father marries off his minor daughter? What's the status of that marriage? What's the status? Right? Real, real marriage. Real marriage. That is Kedushet D'araisa. Now say that, can you do Mi'un from that type of relationship? From that, No. Mun only works in rabbinic marriage if the mother or the brother married her off. But if the father married her off, that is I will say, so, so now watch this. Rachel is married off by her father to Ruvain. So now what happens? Ruvain gives her a get. Ruvain gives her a get. So I will say, what's her status? Ki ha'av. She is like an orphan with a living father. I will say, you hear that Lashon, An orphan with a living father. Which means what? In other words, she has parents. She has parents. But her father, after that divorce, no longer has any rights in her. We'll discuss that. So I was we'll saying, I watch this. And I say, now watch this case. Watch this case. So Ruvain, Ruvain marries Rachel. Rachel. I should say Rachel's father marries her off to Ruvain. Okay? They divorce. They divorce. He gives her a get. Now here he marries her. She's still a Kitana. Here he marries her. And I say, Now Ruvain dies. What's that Everyone agrees in that case, she can't do yibum. She can't do we'll say, watch this. Why can't she do yibum? Because we'll said, this is very interesting. But look at look at Rashi. Because we're to listen to this. In this case, her divorce is a biblical divorce. gimura. But I will say, her marriage is only what? A dirabanan marriage. Because how is Ruvein remarrying Rachel? It's not through her father. Because father only gets one opportunity to marry off his minor daughter. So when they remarry, what type of marriage is it? What type of marriage is it? It's Dera'banon. So I will say, this is absolutely incredible. So watch this case. Right, Rachel's father marries her off to Ruvain. Okay, what type of Kidushin is that? Or what type of marriage is that? Daraisa. Ruvain divorces Rachel. What type of Gerishin is that? Daraisa. Ruvain remarries Rachel. What type of marriage is that? Dirabanon. Ruvain dies. That's death. Daraisa, Dirabanan. right? So ultimately, again, right, so Ruvain dies. Now Rachel falls for Yim. The Mishnah says absolutely not why. Rabbi will say what's Rachel's status? What's Rachel's status? What's Rachel's status? She's technically still a Grusha. Midda Oraisa, she's not married to Ruvain. Midda Oraisa, she's a Grusha to Ruvain. Midra she's mar- It's a strange case. Midda Oraisa, she's a Grusha. Midra ultimately again she is, she is a married woman to Ruvain. Well Abosai, that's not going to permit her to do Yibum because ultimately again Midda Araisa, Midda Araisa, her brother-in-law, her brother-in-law is like the, the like the brother of her ex-husband. And ultimately, again, the Kidush Dirabanan is not going to enable Yibum. Incredible case. Incredible case. So we'll say, let's analyze. Amr Ifa, my time Ribbul Lazar. They will say, what is Rabbi logic? So we'll say Rabalazar says in every single one of these cases, right? So say, in these cases, essentially the what you have over here is as follows. You have a man divorcing his wife, remarrying his wife, remarrying his wife, and then dying. Right? So we'll say in case number one, it's with consenting adults. Right? In case number two, it's rabbinic marriage, right? Mother, mother married, mother married off the, the daughter, right? Divorce, remarriage, death, yibum. So in all of these cases, Rabbi Lazar says you can't do yibum. Chachamim say you can. What's the pshat? So I'm ready for my time, Rabbi Lazar. So say, it must be, Rebbe Lazar's logic is like this. Once there is an active state where Rachel is prohibited to Shimon, even if the state changes, the prohibition doesn't go away. So Rebbe say, what's happening in all of these cases? In all of these cases, Rachel gets divorced. So say, what's her relationship to Shimon in that moment of divorce? What's her relationship? She is, then Shimon is her ex-husband's brother which is an erva, it's asr. So so Loza is going to say once she had that state, even though she subsequently remarries, that state of Isr doesn't go away and Yibum will be asr. If that's the case, then she shouldn't have to do Khalitza either. Maybe you'll say, you're right, she doesn't do chalitza, but that's not true. will say, it's incredible, Rebbe Loss says that Yibum in these cases in the Mishnah is asr, but she still has to do chalitza. To which the Gemara says, Allah, Amr, Ifa, Lazar, La Yedana, my time. says, This is great. Ifa says, You know what? You're right. I have no idea why Rabbi Lazar says what he says. I will say, By the way, what courage it takes to say, I don't know. I don't know. I will say, Sometimes you see lines like this and you wonder, like, Why is it included in the Gimara? Why is this necessary? Just kind of strike it from the record. I will say, Because again, we constantly hearken back to the Gemara of Lamad, Lashon, Chalomar, Eni Yodea. Teach your tongue to say, I don't know. It's so tempting when you don't know something to pretend like you do know something. Because saying I don't know requires an incredible degree of humility. So more often than I, lie, more often than not in life, we kind of just stumble our way through. Make something up, mumble something, it sounds good. If you don't know, have the courage to say you don't know. Am rabbi, he says, <laughs> what's <laughs> your logic? So the Gemara says, this is incredible, and this is such a solistic idea. Now, very exciting Gemara. Inisun harishonim mapilim. both say, what was, what was Rabbi Lazar unsure about? Rabbi say, we, this, this goes back to the beginning of Yivamis. They both say, we had this discussion. When is Yibum eligibility established? Is Yibum eligibility established at the time of the death of the husband? Or ultimately, again, at the time of the initial marriage? Right? Rabbi say, you, you hear the shayla. When is Yibum eligibility established? When is it established? See, if you say, now watch this, if you say that the time of death establishes Yibom eligibility, then I'm say in this case, right, where again, the minor girl, the minor girl was married off to Ruvain by her mother, right, and then what happens? They get divorced, right, they get divorced, and then they get remarried, and then he dies. At the time of death, ultimately, again, eligibility is intact. We're good, we're good. However, was the first line. But if you say that it's the time of marriage, then here's the problem. That what? They divorced. They divorced. And ultimately, again, in that moment of divorce, she was ineligible for evil, Right, Her brother-in-law became an additional layer of Erba. So that's Rabba Lazar's Suffake. When is Yibum eligibility established? At the time of marriage. Well, in this case, marriage ended in divorce, right? And ultimately, again, at that moment of divorce, there's an Isser. Maybe that Isser stays with them. Or Yibum eligibility is determined at the time of death. We don't look at anything that occurred before death. And at the time of death, she's married to Ruvain and therefore eligible. That's Rebbe Luzer's suffake. And therefore, again, that's why he says in these cases, you can't do Yibum but must do chalitza. Rabbi Elassayi, Rava Amr, says no. Li'olem p'shit, will say, second wide line, Li'olem Rabbi Lazar Timi Sama Rabbi knows that, we say, I will say we've, we've already established this a long time ago, Yibum eligibility is determined when? At the time of death. At the time of death. Umiyu, listen to this, fascinating, hakol b'kin b'gerishin, ven Everyone is an expert when it comes to divorce, but not everyone is an expert when it comes to marriage. Rabbi say, what does that mean? Everyone knows about divorce, right? When someone gets divorced, everyone knows about it. That's not because people are yentas. That's because a get is designed that way to generate a call. We want people to know about divorce. That's why, again, a get has to have edus. That's why get has to have also b'fan echtam Yeah, we'll get into this in a Sashem. A get has a call. Remarriage doesn't always have a call. Therefore, again, the Gemara says adraba, just the opposite. Chazara came in the Yasra to say, isle Kala. When people get remarried, of course people know about it that it has a call. People see the couple living together. Rather, Milo Askilan da Hadraba Arta, the Bit Safra. Maybe the case could be where he remarried her at night and he died that next morning. So there was a call about the get, but there was never a call what about the remarriage. Rabbi Lozer is concerned in that kind of case that if you allow Yibum, What's going to happen? People aren't going to know about the remarriage. And all they're going to see is what? All they're going to see is what? Rachel, who's divorced from Shruvain, marrying his brother Shimon, which is an Esra Ereba. Therefore, again, Rabalazar says in these kind of cases, we'll say that it's Asr. Okay, Ravashi is another interpretation. Hainu times Rabbulazar. Rabbulazar says, all of this trying to figure out, the Shida Rabbulazar. What would Rabbulazar say? He will say, Ravashi comes. Ravashi says, no. No, no, no. He will say, let's work backwards. There's one case where everyone agrees, Yibo Mizasr. Right? We'll say, What's the one case? Remember the last case in the Mishnah. Let's go through this once more. Father, father marries off his daughter Rachel to Ruvain. We'll say, What's the nature of that marriage? Nature of the marriage? Taraisa. A biblical marriage. Then what happens? Ruvain divorces Rachel. What's the nature of that divorce? Taraisa, right? Father has to be Makabal to get Daraisa. Now what happens? Ruvain. Remarries Rachel. Rachel is still a Kitana. What do we call Rachel? What's Rachel's halachic, what's her halachic status? Yesoma bechai avia. She is called an orphan during the lifetime of her father. Why is she called an orphan? Because again, once she divorces her father, well really once she marries, her father no longer has any rights in her. And even once she divorces, her father still doesn't have any rights in her. So we'll say now they divorce and now what happens? What happens? Reuben and Rachel remarry. What's the status of that marriage? Dirabanon, right? Because Rachel still a kitana. D'rabanon. Ruvain dies. Ruvain dies without children. Is Rachel allowed to do yibum? Is Rachel allowed to do yibum? No. Everyone agrees no. I say, why not? Why not? Because mid what's Rachel's status? She's a grusha. mid she's a married lady. But mid she's a grusha. So I would say, a d'oraisa grusha can't do yibum. With her rabbinic, with her deceased rabbinic husband's, well, it's not good English, right? With her, yeah, with her deceased rabbinic husband's brother, right? Another words because mid the araisa she would be marrying the brother of her ex-husband, so it doesn't work, and everyone agrees in that case. Comes along Rav Ravashi, and Ravashi says, every other case, Rav, Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Eliezer, Rav, Rav, um, I think it changes it, Rabbi Eliezer. Yeah, the changes Rabbi Eliezer. Every other case where Rabbi Eliezer asers is to prevent this case. So really, Rabbi Eliezer is hyper focused on this last case of the Mishnah. Yisoma bechayavia. And he answers every other case, lest you come to this case. So the Gemara says, How can I Mr? bro? This seems to be clear. May the look at the end of the Mishnah. If you have, the case I just mentioned, a Kitano, right? So Rachel's father married her off, and then to Ruvain, then they get divorced. She is like, she is like an orphan during the lifetime of her father. And now Ruvain and Rachel remarry. Everyone agrees that when Rubain dies without children, Rachel is not permitted to do yibum. So the Gemara says, Hi Maila Mem The the truth is that case is obvious. That case, you know, it makes absolute sense. Why? Because again, she is a biblical grusha and only a rabbinic Nisua. So of course she can't do yibum. Allah ha kamashmalon. So the will say, why is that case brought in at all? Watch this. Allah ha kamashmalon, Tamizabalazar de gazer Hanach, Mishum Hai. Because said the reason Rabbi Lazar asked in all of the previous cases in the Mishnah. Is in order to go. Is is why, lest you come to confuse the previous cases with this last case. So all the previous prohibitions in the Mishnah are to safeguard this last case of Yisoma bechaye Aviha. To which the Gemara says, Shema mina. Tanekavasi Ravashi. Ravashi seems to have seems to have hit it on the head. Modim Chacham Rabbelezer beketaneshes Yaviyav Neskersha. The chamagrit agreed with in the case of the Rachel was married off by her father to Ruvain, then they get divorced. And then, right, she is like an orphan with parents during her father's lifetime. Then they get, bless you, then they get remarried. They're about say, now Ruvain dies, Ruvain dies, that ultimately, again, she is Asura to her Yavam. Why? Here it is, boss. here it's spelled out. Because they're the say her divorce from Ruvain. Is a biblical divorce? So I'll we'll say, by the way, just I think I just mentioned this in past, but i mention it again. How does Rachel get divorced from Ruven? She's a Kitana. I, the father is makabel her get. Right? So her father is makabel her get on her behalf. So now she is a divorcee gimura. But her excuse me, her remarriage is only a rabbinic remarriage. So I'll say, when is this true? Ultimately, what? When she is divorced, when she is divorced, when she is a ketana? So all of this presupposes her divorce took place when she was a ketana, and what? And what? Her marriage took place, when she, her remarriage took place when she was a kitana. But if Ruven divorced Rachel when she was a kitana, and what? And remarried her when she is a gidola? Then both say, then or inami, hechzir kishi or remarried her when she was a katana. the gadla slow, and then she became a gedola during the marriage. Umais. Then he dies. Rabbos say, in those cases, o says omis o misyavemes. See, Rabbos say, in those cases, then what? Then Rachel can do yibum, or chalitza. Why, Rabbos say, why? Because in that case, her second marriage is what? Is what? Is daraisa. Right? So either, again, he remarried her. If Ruva remarried her once, she's a Gidola. If she's a Gidola, she's a, Gidola she's a consenting adult. That's a biblical marriage. Or again, he remarries her as a Kitana, but he doesn't die immediately. She becomes a Gidola in the context of the marriage, stays in the marriage, and she accepts the marriage. Now that morphs into a biblical marriage as well. If he then dies, then... The only time she came to Yibam is in that very specific case where she's getting remarried as a Kitana... And is widowed as a kitana. Because then, says she has this really riveting scenario where, again, she is a grusha da oraisa, a nesua, a married woman, banan, and therefore she can't do yibum because of her divorced status. To which the Gemara says, Lazar, Amru, Rabbi Lazar nevertheless says, well, Rabbi Lazar says in both of those cases, still she does yib, she does khaliz and not yibum. So we will say, Lazar seems to say, very interesting, that even in those cases where he remarries her as a Gedola or remarries her as a Kitana and she becomes a Gedola, he still holds she can't do Yibam. Rabbi Lazarus is so hyper-focused on that case of Yisoma B'chaye avia that he asks her to Yibam in all of those cases. We'll see how he pass again. By my name, Nachman. What about her co-wife in these situations? What about her co-wife in these situations? This girl herself is a gzera. But, but, but we said in the name of Rebbe Lazar that both he and her co-wife have to do Khalid. So It sounds like even the co-wife has to do Khalits in these cases. What No, o Rather, what it means is either she or the co-wife have to do chalitza. To which the Gemara says, You're trying to answer this up. You could just as easily answer it a different way. You could just as easily read it as saying, she, this girl, has to do chalitza, but maybe her co-wife could do chalitza or gibum. So the Gemara says there's no definitive way to go and reason out this question from the previous Gemara. Bottom line about say, Hallo kala how do we paskin? Let's work backwards. So I will say everyone agrees in the last case. What's the last case? Yesoma Bekhaye Aviha. Right? So I boss says, Allah, Ysom Bekhaya Aviha. So Rachel's married off by her father, married off to Ruve. Nature of the marriage, nature of the marriage, Daraisa. Right? Good. Now they get divorced. Remember again, Abo say, can you do me in a situation like that? No. Mirna is only an option by rabbinic marriage. Mother or brother. Father married her off. So again, now, Reuven and Rachel decide to divorce. Reuven gives, who does Reuven give the get to? Who does Reuven give the get to? Rachel's father. Good. Now they're divorced. Now they get remarried. Mazel tov. Right? They're remarried. Now Reuven dies. What's the halacha rabo say? So everyone agrees. Reuven dies without children. Everyone agrees. What's the halacha? No yibum. No yibum. You have two chalitza. Now, interestingly, why do you have two chalitza? Because there's still a rabbinic marriage, and remember again, chalitza really never never hurts, so to speak. So she's still gonna have to do chalitza because there was a rabbinic marriage, but no yibum. Why no yibum? Because remember again, midda oraisa so she is what? A grusha, mid rabbana, she's in a so the fact that she's biblically a grusha precludes any possibility of yibum. Now both say the caveat to that case is halakh alamaysa they remarry. And let's say again, she's not widowed until again she becomes a Gedola or they get married when she's a Gedola. In that case, then what? We would pass in? That Yibum would be permitted. Because Halacha Lamaisa, right? remember again, I will say, when do we when do we determine Yibum eligibility? At what point in time? At the time of death. Very important Halacha. Then I will say, the Ramman Paskin is like Rebbe in these other cases. Right, not in the first case, because the first case, I is a simple case that we just spoke about before, if a couple divorces and then they remarry, and then he dies without children. Halach she does yibum. because as we just said before, we determine Yibom eligibility by what? By ultimately, again, at the time of death. However, the does in the second case of the Mishnah, the say, Halach the case where a man is married to a Yisoma, Kiddushai dirabanan, divorces her with a get. Remarries her and then dies without children. The Rambam Paskin is like Rebbe in that case that ultimately she'll do chalitza, not yibum, lest you come to confuse that with the case of Yisoma bechaye Aviha. So I'll we'll say some very important pieces of halacha l'maisa coming out of this sugya. Beautiful Mishnah. Shnei achim esuln shnei say a very interesting case. Two brothers married to two sisters. Don't worry, we're not back into charts, right? This is this is uh, this is pretty straightforward. Two brothers married to two sisters, Kitanos. So we'll say, here's the case. Ruben and Shimon married two brothers, married to Rachel and Leah, two sisters, both minors. Both minors. Right? So She'achayos Kitanos. by b'aylashal achas mayan. Shabbos says, now interesting case. Ruben dies. Ruben dies. And we'll say Ruben dies without children. So now what's going to have to happen? What has to happen? So Rachel, the widow, is going to fall to who? To Levi, the Yavam. And I will say is Yibam gonna be possible in this case? No, why not? Sisters, sisters, so will say, by the way, in this case, there's, there's no there's no even chalitza, right? This this is Yavam is tafedalif, right? I will say, so again, it's how myself there's nothing in this case. Why? Because Achos Isha, right, when it's your sister's, when it's your sister's, what? When it's your wife's sister, there's no possibility of you. So no Khalid say nothing. Isha, shtei the And I'll say the same would be in the case of two brothers married to two women who are deaf and mute. In other words, I'll say in that case, there's not even proper marriage. We'll see that case as well. Gidolu Kitano. But say now watch this. Let's let's complicate it a little bit, right? What's life without complicated Mishnah Missachasivamas? Hey, so we we'll say Sina Ruvenish when I'm married to two sisters, but Rachel is an adult, right? And Leah is a kitano. Leah is a Kitano. So watch this. kitano. So we'll say now what happens? Shimon dies, right? Shimon's married to Leah. Leah is the Kitana. So Kitano. So what happens? So Leah the Kitano. Falls to Ruven for Yibum. Easy, easy case also. Obviously, no Yibum, no Khalitsa. Ultimately, again, because Leia is the Kitana and she is the sister of Rachel, therefore nothing. So the Gemara says, Viter. So Tetsiyam Shumachosisha. Ah, here's where it gets complicated. Here's where it gets complicated. Watch this. Ruven dies. So now watch this. Ruven's married to Rachel. Rachel is the adult sister. So now Raql falls to Shimon. Right, now who is Shimon married to? Who is Shimon married to? Leah. Leah is a kitana. Watch this. Now we've got a problem. Rabbi Omar. Omer. says, it's not a problem. Melam l'nesa kitana bo. what do we do? We tell Leah. We tell Leah. Now remember, Leah is married to Shimon. What do we tell Leah? Do miun. Do miun. Why should Leah do miun? Because if Leah does mion, she dissolves the marriage to Shimon, and now what could Shimon do? Yibum. Shimon could now marry Rachel, who is an adult. Yibum. Rabbi Gamil says, no. Rabbi Gamil says, no. No, no, no. Rabbi Gamliel says, we do not encourage Mion. If, if Leah wants to do Mion, she could do Mion. She could do miyun. But Allah lamaisa we do not tell her she has to do miyun. So Say, what's interesting over here is, Rabbi Lazar says, Rabbi Say, means not coerce her, but we, we encourage her, we teach her. It's a good idea. It's a good idea to do miyun. So, so Rabbi, Rabbi Gamaliel says, no. If she does miyun of her own volition, fine, but we don't teach her to do it. Otherwise, we just wait for Leah to grow up, to become a gidola. Once Leah becomes a Gidol, then watch will say there's no din of Yibam or Chalitza because of Achos Isha. Rabbi Yeshua Rabbi says, it's very interesting. Rabbi Yeshua says, Aylo al Ishto, Ayla al Isha's Ay, 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 ay. Say, that seems to be the response to many of these cases, right? Ay, right? Woe to him for his wife, woe to him for the wife of his brother. So, so what's the Moti ishto beget. I this is wild. Rabbi Yoshua says right, Shimon should divorce his wife with a get, and ultimately, again, do chalitza with his sister-in-law. Now, why this is, is abundantly unclear. We'll have to see in the Gemara. So we'll say, let's analyze. Um Umishari, then I will say, now, remember, again, we're focusing now on Rabbi Gamliel's, uh, on, excuse me, on um, Rabbi Eliezer's position. Rabbi Eliezer says that in this case, Rebuvin is married to Rachel, Shimon is married to Leah, And what happens? Reuven dies. Rachel falls to Shimon for Yibum. We encourage Leah, the wife of Shimon, to do Mion do Mi'un, we teach her, do Mi'un, and that way Shimin can do proper Yibom. To which the Gemara says, is it permitted to encourage Mi'un? V'atani Bar Kafra, I will say, a beautiful, beautiful Gemara. V'atani Bar Kafra, Olam Yidabe Yidbak Adam Dvarim. will say, get ready for this Gemara. Magnificent, magnificent, magnificent. I will say, I know I went a little bit quickly during the daft, but we wanted to make sure that we get to cover this Gemara, which is so beautiful. Yidabe Dvarim, Dvarim. A person should always go ahead and cling to three things, And distance himself from three things. Yid back, will Say, what are the three things you should do? You should always do chalitza. And I will say, in other words, when when it doesn't mean you go out looking for chalitza. I will say, what 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 it means is what it means is when fate when when unfortunately put in a situation of chalitza versus yibum, always choose chalitza. We'll see. We've actually seen this before, as Abba Shol. Always choose chalitza. That's number one. Number two. Always run after Hava Shalom, making peace. Making peace. And always go ahead and annul your vows. Three things. Always do meon. Oh, I'm sorry. Always do khalitza. Always, always be a seeker, right? Someone who, someone who facilitates peace. And number three, always annul your vows. Okay, we'll define each. Other. And I will say you should always distance yourself from three things. Number one, meon. Always distance yourself from meon. Minapikdonos. I will say, don't be a person who takes collateral for loans, and do not be a guarantor on a debt. Again, we'll discuss what all these things mean. So the Gemara says, so, okay, before we get into this, I will say here, the Gemara is clearly telling us, don't do meon, don't do meon." and yet Rabbi Eliezer is encouraging Mion. to which the Gemara says, no, 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 Miyun de mitzvah shiny. mi'un of a mitzvah is different. I will say, remember again, why are we encouraging Leah to do mion in this case? So, Why are we encouraging mion? Why? so that Rachel could do yibum This is different. When we say, don't go ahead and encourage me, and I say that. so. in a regular case, if a minor girl of a katana is married to a man, we don't encourage Mion. There's obviously a reason that she's married him. Either, obviously, the mother or brother did this for a reason. So this marriage hopefully provides her with something. We don't encourage Mion. But when Mion allows for a mitzvah, so as I say, in other words, when the dissolution of a rabbinic marriage will allow for the performance of a biblical mitzvah, then perhaps in that case, we would encourage Mion. Incredible. Gufa, Abba let's analyze this last price I Gufa, Tani Kafra, Olam listen to this. Let's go back. A person, Abba Seh, such a beautiful Gimara. Sadik, what's your name? The our golden t-shirt. What's your name? Ben Sion. Ben Sion. I just want to tell you. Mamish, how old are you? Nine years. We'll say. I'm not going to ask what we were doing when we were nine years old at uh, 6.30 in the morning. Ben Sion, it is so incredible that you come to learn Torah. And I know you're not, are you learning the daf normally? No. Okay, you're, going, you're sitting You Yivamis out. This one you're sitting out. Ben Sion, Mamish, if you continue to learn Torah from the age of nine years old, listen to these words because you're going to appreciate this right now. There is no telling what you can become in life. And in the schos of giving up some sleep. It's, it's summer vacation, all right? You should be sleeping late. But in the source of giving up sleep, coming to the daf with your grandfather, should be to grow into an incredible Talmud, Chacham. <laughs> let's let's right. back incredible, incredible. This is the future of Kladis, so incredible. The Gemara says, will say a person should go ahead and cling to three things. Here they are, We'll say, why should you do chalitza like Abishol? Because we'll say Abishol holds that if you go ahead and you marry your sister-in-law, you do Yibom for all the wrong reasons, according to Abishol. What are the wrong reasons? Right? Because she's beautiful, because you just want to be married, or she has money. For some other reason, what's the Ki'ilo According to Abishol, it's like an act of arius the Karu of Be'ina Havlad Mamzer. I will say, we saw this of Abishal, right? And Abishal says, I think the offspring from such a union is like a Mamzer. Obviously, not really a Mamzer, but Abishal essentially says the mitzvah of Yipum requires explicit purity of intent. And if there's any shemetz of some other ulterior motive, Abishal says, don't do it. So I will say, once you set a bar like that, once you set a bar like that, then the mice again, the conventional wisdom is do chalitza, do chalitza. Next, hava shalom. will say, what if, so these are the three things a person should cling to. Someone is chalitza. Number two, hava shalom, making peace, being a facilitator of peace. So we'll say, dixiv, bakish shalom veratfehu. fehu. We'll say, seek out peace and run after it. will say, this is such an incredible yisod. Shalom always requires redifa. We'll say, you see, it's an amazing thing. One of the interesting things about shalom about finding or making peace in life is shalom never shows up at your doorstep. If you want shalom, you want shalom in your family, you want shalom in your community, you want shalom in life, you have to run after it. We see in Pirkei Avos as well, "Heve mital midav shal aron, Oev shalom, Rodev shalom. I will say, we know this, we know this, we just know this from living life. Everybody likes peace. What's the difference? The shalom is, are you willing to run after it? Are you willing to run after it? Are you willing to go ahead and put yourself out literally? Run after Baki to Avraham Baki Shalom Avrat Feu says or Hilal says. Excuse me, Mita Mivshat Shalom. Are you willing to run after it? So the Gemara says Baki Shalom Avrat But Amar Amidays Baravi Abao Asya is great. Asya Redifa Radifa. Redifa Redifa. It says so again. But it says by Shalom to be a rodif Shalom. Bakesh Shalom Vratfeu. Good, that's our pass. So death the the will say he who runs after it in other words, runs after opportunities to be about stucca, to do charitable acts, the chesed and kindness. Yimsa will find Chaim Stucca the covered. So also, the way we interpret this ultimately again is he'll find Chaim, life in Olam Haba, Stukka. I will say, the Chaim, so Tzedakah, he'll find charity from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the world to come, the covet in this world. So I will say, you see from here that a person who does Tzedakah V'Chesed in this world, finds the V'Chesed, finds what? Finds reward in this world and in the world to come. So I will say, it says the Lashon of rodef over here and the same Lashon of rodef by Shalom. So just like Tzedakah and Chesed have reward in this world and in the world to come, so too if a person is a person of Shalom, that has reward in this world and in the world. To come. I will say, by the way, what's the reward for Shalom in this world, for being a Rodev Shalom in this world? I will say, what's the reward? The reward is the Shalom. <laughs> I will say, everyone knows that when you have Machlokes, it's terrible. It's terrible. And when your Zochat have Shalom, whether it's Shalom bias, whether it's Shalom with your children, whether, again, it's Shalom in your community, I will say, that is the Bracha. That is the bracha. Living a life of shalom ain bracha gedola mizoh. But I will say, if you want shalom, then ultimately again, bake shalom, seek it out, make it a priority, berat fehu, and you have to run after it. Vaiter. Bafar so Shabbos "This is a wild gemara." What about a faras Nadarim, a of vows, a of vows? I will say, get ready for this. So I will say, this is pretty incredible. What the gemara is saying is, the preferred method in life is if you made a vow. Get that annulled as quickly as you can. So I will say, whose opinion does this reflect? Rabbi the Nassanyo, Rabbi Nassim Omer, Hanoder, if a person makes a nether, Ki ilu bana bama. It's as if you have built a bama. I will say, remember again, a bama was a private altar used for idolatrous service. See, so if you go ahead and you make, a, if you make a nether, it's as if you've built a bama. And I will say, if you fulfill the nether, Kilo hikriv, I love carbon. It's as if you offered a carbon. And I will say, it's wild. And I will say, by the way, the guy in question, has he done anything wrong? Has he done anything wrong? He made a nether and he fulfilled his nether. Right? So I will say, yeah, the Gimara says, making the nether is as if you built the bama, fulfilling the nether. It's as if, what? You've offered up an offering on the will say, what's going on over here? Look at Rashi. See, say, what does it mean if you, if you make a nedar, it's like you're making a bama? say, when a person makes a bama, do they have good intentions? Do they have good intentions? Yeah, of course, of course. we will say, you know, think about this in just a moment. The Chaz Ish wrote, people think that we're on a much greater level now that we don't have, that we don't worship idolatry. He says, it's not true. He says, when there was Avodah Zarah, people had a yearning to connect to something bigger than themselves. Now, the truth is, without the Heserah for Avodah Zarah, I'm just content serving me. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm okay, just, just about making my life about me. So we say, when a person builds a Bama, as much as a Bama is Aser, there is an effort to connect to something bigger. So that's good. That's good. And by the way, sometimes also a person builds a Bama to Hashem, because we also built Bama's. So I will say, building a say, building a Bama represents an act, well, for now, according to Rashi, of serving a But it's serving a in the wrong way. So a person makes a Neder, Kaddish Hu doesn't want Nidarim. Why? Because at the end of the day, Nidarim are dangerous. Because Lamais again, non fulfillment of Nidarim ultimately is what is what? Carries very se- severe penalties with it. So therefore, again, Chazal don't want you making a neder. So when you make a neder, it's like, it's like the person making a bama. Well-intentioned, well-intentioned, but wrong way to go. And I will say, if you fulfill the neder, it's even worse. It sounds counterintuitive. Why is it even worse, I will say? Because you see, when a person makes neder and fulfills it, what do they think to themselves? What do they think to themselves? Oh, I got this. I got, come on. It's not so bad. I know I got, this, I got this nether thing under control, right? I make it, I fulfill it. And I will say that's when things really get disastrous because when I think that I'm in control of something and when I think that I've, got, I've handled something, that opens the door for all types of negative behaviors. So making the nether is like making the bummer. Fulfilling it. Is like offering a carbon because now I'm even in a greater danger zone because halacha I've made the nether fulfilled it, and now I think I'm in control of nidarim So therefore, I both say again, a person should stay away from nadarim And I both say, by the way. It doesn't mean, that, see, a person often would make a neder as a mechanism to propel myself to do something. Lamaisa, we have to be self starters or self motivators as well. The ability to get the job done even without having to tap into the halachic mechanism of nidarim. Quite incredible. So I would say a person should go and distance themselves from three things. Minami unin. I will say, what if distance yourself from mi'un? From Dilma Because I will say, why should you distance her from Miyun? Because maybe the girl will do Miyun, and she'll grow up, right? And she'll, she'll have remorse getting out of that marriage. In other words, that was a good marriage. Maybe she was too young to appreciate it. So therefore, avoid Miyun. May not pick Donos. I will say, this is interesting. Stay away from taking up Pekata from a collateral. Why not? So I will say, it's a very specific case. Bebar Masa. It's talking about someone who lives in the city with you. The ki baise dami. I will say, key, buy, say and what it means is don't take collateral from someone with whom you live in the same city and who frequents your home. Why? Rashi says, what are we concerned about? Because the guy, because he frequents your home, is going to happen. Well, He's going to come into your house. He's going to take the picadon back. You're not going to know about it. He's going to repay the debt. He's going to demand return of the picadon. You're not going to be able to find the picadon, and you're going to be on the hook to pay back for the picadon. So it's a very specific case. In other words, don't take, don't take. Abikadon, from someone with whom you are familiar with, which I say, is in general like a very good, solid piece of rabbinic advice about not necessarily doing business with people with whom you are friends, right? Because sometimes, again, that familiarity, which is so nice in so many areas of life, ultimately, again, could really backfire when it comes to one's transactional life. Minai Ravon. So I will say, when should you avoid being a guarantor? And I will say, this also sounds like a little bit like, you know, come on, it's good to be a guarantor for someone's debt. So why shouldn't I be a guarantor? And I will say, it's talking about again the guarantors of Shaltzion. Shaltzion is either a name of a place, Rashi says, or the Maissa descriptive ultimately of a type of guarantee. So I will say, listen to this. In the Arve Shaltzion, in the city of Shaltsion, or this type of a Ravon, so say, normally halachically, how does a guarantor work? How does a guarantor work? I borrow thousand dollars from Ruvain, and Shimon is my guarantor. So I will say, how does normal guarantorship work? When lender, sorry, when borrower defaults, then lender can go to guarantor. I will say, in what we call an Arve Shaltsion, that wasn't the case. Rather, a lender has the ability to go right to the guarantor and bypass the borrower, the borrower. So the Gemara says, Don't get involved in that type of stuff. That that's again, you want to be a guarantor on a debt for someone that you trust, that's fine. But avoid this type of arve shel where you could bypass the borrower and go right to go right to the guarantor. So the Gemara says, don't be the same good. Not only that. But bad after bad, evil after evil, shall come on to those who accept geirim, who go and accept converts, and to those who become this shaltzion type of guarantors, and one who inserts himself into a devar will define all of these. So i will say, what does this mean? What's wrong with accepting geirim? So I'm say, we saw this sugya. We saw this again before, again, the Misrashah says, Daf Mem We saw this before, where again, the Gemara says, because Gerim converts are as difficult for Cloud Yisrael as Sapachas, as lesions on the skin, as saras. We saw this Gemara. We saw, again, we saw Mahlil Rashitosis. So again, one opinion says that means that sometimes because Gerim are not as meticulous with mitzvos as other Jews. And then again, the other opinion said, just the opposite. What happens? Converts join Klal Yisrael. And I will say, what's the incredible thing about converts? They're so meticulous. They're so, right? You look at the convert, and you say, come on, stop being so from. Cut it out, right? Come on. Right? So I'll say, the, like, the converts become so meticulous that ultimately, again, it looks bad for the rest of Klal Yisrael. So I'll say, two different diametrically opposed understandings ultimately in the gay room. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, so I will Dutz. So I'll say, because ultimately they will say, Shluf Dutz means collect from here. In other words, we'll say, as we just said before, the, the lender could bypass, could bypass the borrower and go right to the guarantor. And atzmo will say, what's the case of Tokeh atzmo ledvar al The sign of omer. will say his incredible gemara. Kala omer ain't la Torah, ain't la Torah. Okay, it's a strange idea. Anyone who says, I'm not learning Torah does not get schar for learning Torah. Okay, pshita, seems to be pretty obvious. Ela kala You know what it means? say is someone who says, "I'm only gonna learn, but I'm not doing anything." Only has schar for learning and not schar for doing. To which the Gemara says, "Okay, Hanami Pshita." No, no, no. No, what it means is someone who says, "I'm only gonna learn Torah, but I'm not doing anything." Doesn't even get reward for learning Torah my time, but what's the reason? Amar but Amra Papa, Amakra, Amar Krah, the Va'asisem. Because we will say, the Pasik says, Felimaretem, you will learn. And ultimately, again, Felimaretem, Osam, Ushmartem, Osam. We will say, the juxtaposition of learning, ultimately, again, to keeping. Right? To keeping. Ko'shi yesh no ba'asih yesh no bilamidah. Ko'shi no ba'asih say, a very important gimara. That ultimately, again, the importance of learning, we will say, is that what? It's maybe li asia. Learning brings you to doing. But if my learning doesn't bring me to do, if my learning just remains an intellectual exercise, and ultimately, again, does not result in any dynamic life activity, then what good is learning like that? say such an incredible idea. Ibai, same the other possibility is <laughs> the Kala omer, elatora, the boss said, "No, maybe it means like this, that a person says, I'm only learning. Maybe, maybe that literally means, all I have is the schar for learning. The Bible said, listen to this, we're talking about the following case, where I myself don't, don't do anything, but I teach others who do something. So in other words, I myself don't observe, but I teach Torah to people who do observe as a result of what I teach them. What would you have thought? you might have thought that such a person has reward, such a person has reward. After all, again, they're facilitating the performance of others. That if the teacher himself doesn't observe, even if the students observe as a result of that which the teacher is teaching, the teacher doesn't receive reward for anything other than his learning. say One more piece and we'll stop. We'll say, what's the case of what's that case? He's talking about a judge who has a case that comes before him. And Rebollah says, what does he do? The Rebollah says, what is he talking about? A judge who has a case that comes before him. And Rebollah says, instead of researching the case, what does he do? He says, ah, this case is just like a previous case and he doesn't research. He doesn't research. And he has a Rebbe in town and he doesn't ask his Rebbe. And all he does is just say, ah, this case remembers, that resembles that case, and that's all I need. And I will say, ultimately, again, such a person is held culpable. I will say, a dying should always say as if there is a sword. Suspended between his legs, the Gehennim pesuchal omitachtov, and Gehennim is open underneath him. Sheneh mar hineh mitasos shel Shlomo shishim gibarim sabiv lami gibari Yisrael mipachad balelos mipachad shel Gehennim shadom aleich. Because the boss say the pasuk says Bedav Shlom Alech was surrounded by sixty strong men. Boss say this is a reference to din, which we're not going to get into now. But Lamais again, so boss say either tokeila din means two important blessings. Number one for the Dayon. How careful the Dayan has to treat each and every case. Each and every case must be dealt with on its own merit. And again, I will say, one can simply not rely on precedent by itself. And Lamais again, I will say, how careful one has to, do, has to be to practice what we preach. Learning is wonderful. Learning is beautiful. Learning is fantastic. But the real power of learning is in its ability to generate dynamic, transformational behavior. I will say, Shkoyach. All right, (laughs) everyone, Zoom. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos, everyone.